0: Roy, my man was up? you know, I've wanted to have you on the show for a while. So I figured why the hell not? Right. Like this is our relationship goes back to like pre 100 episode. And I just want to say thank you for really, really turning up the quality of the audio. Like, holy shit. <laughs> quality of the audio on the episodes from like one to however versus now, like you've been very proactive in that. And I haven't always been the the easiest person to work with. So thank you, my friend.
1: My guy. Um, I appreciate you for that, for the kind words. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful also to kind of take you through it because not everybody's open to that kind of process, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people are um either, you know, it's like in the book that I I recommended uh the other time, you know, um I don't it takes what it takes. Oh we either. can
0: talk about that in a little bit
1: too. Oh yeah, yeah. But um it's just like there are people who are willing to make the progress and mm-hmm. these appear to be my clients. These appear to be the people that I attract. Yeah, and I'm. I feel so grateful to have people like you. So, so there's one of you. Thank you. I'm blushing. If you're watching the video, <laughs> to the I, ones I, who are not I, seeing this. Yeah,
0: if if you were watching the video right now and you could see through my tan, which I've, <laughs> I I mean not as good as yours, Roy, but you like you are pretty tan you for pretty for, tan. for Amsterdam, for Amsterdam. What what uh, happened there? Uh, what happened with the tan? Uh, yeah. It's just spending out, spending as much time in nature as possible. Uh, I think it, we can get in the whole lockdown rigmarole, but like just getting outside whenever I can, whether that be taking calls or just spending you know 20, 30 minutes every morning walking through the woods. Uh, you take advantage of your set and setting sometimes, and I happen to live right near a park here, so got to do it, especially. Especially when, you know, Amsterdam apparently gets only 69 days of sunlight a year, which I'm convinced is not the case this year. So I'm uh, I'm good with that. You mean like there's more? There's been more. It's been, uh, it's been... Uh, An interesting experience because actually ever since uh, the whole COVID outbreak, really, uh, Mm. the weather here has been exceptional. Uh, The past couple of days have been a little warm, but I'm not going to complain about warmth when usually it's rainy and windy and all this stuff, right? So got to embrace what you got. And lately, that's been pretty damn good. Hell yeah. Okay. Awesome, let's man. Go. So let's, let's lay the land for people give a lay of the land. Well, hopefully I can speak better English over the course of this, right? Uh, but let's give it a lay of the land for just uh, people here today as to what we're actually doing, because I haven't done one of these episodes in a while where it's just been, you know, jamming out on a particular subject right? and uh, it's kind of hitting the midpoint of the year, the end of Q2, if you're in the financial world, Uh, but also just kind of looking back at what has been a really interesting year and saying, you know, what's been going on and Mm -hmm. just kind of having a fun, friendly chat, getting Roy out in front of everybody to introduce you, uh, Mm -hmm. but also to talk about what's been going on, how this has impacted my life, my client's life, uh, and just a few different fun things that we've been doing in the meantime. So yeah, let's just have fun with it. We're calling it the jam yeah. session and we're going to bring it around at least every quarter and yeah. let's have some fun.
1: We've been doing that for a while, by the way, like it's something we've been kind of uh, bouncing around for a little while. So I'm um, just giving that, before we start
0: yeah we've been bouncing around but we never really clicked record on this right right and it's just been like you and i have been chatting probably once a week once every two weeks and you know we'll talk about that book you recommended which is a hell of a good one Uh, but some other things in the course of the next however long this actually lasts should we jump into it hell yeah covid gotta talk about it we well, got to talk about it. Okay. So just to give everybody perspective, you're in Tel Aviv right now, right? Right. That's right. And so what what did that look like in terms of the lockdown for you?
1: So we've been, we've just about a week or two weeks ago, we got out of lockdown. Mm-hmm. So we've had about, I think it was, it was crazy. I think it was like 70 days of lockdown or okay. even more. What Um, what does
0: lockdown in Tel Aviv look like? Because I'll tell you what lockdown in Amsterdam is after you educate
1: us. So, no, it was just like, it it was just to me because I don't, I don't mess around with, with what, you know, I didn't want to mess around with that um, pandemic or whatever it is. And so in my case, I just kept on doing what I do, which is, make music and produce podcasts. And I just kept on doing that while I was in lockdown. So I couldn't be with my friends or, you know, um, uh, visit family or all of that stuff. So I was just at home all this Mm -hmm. time, I guess, uh, once in a while going, uh, food and grocery shopping and stuff like that. But yeah.
0: So it was a pretty strict, suffice to say, like on
1: lockdown. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. They didn't let, um, so I surf and they uh-huh. didn't, and they arrested surfers here for going okay. surfing. Yeah. In the time of lockdown, they gave them like f- crazy fines and whatnot. And it was, uh, it was, was interesting.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, Amsterdam is a little interesting in itself because we were technically shelter in place, lockdown, like everybody else, but right. the way we approached it was very different. Okay. Um, from a lot of the world in that I think Sweden became the poster child of the no lockdown live your life movement. And hmm. then you had other places like LA and uh, a few others where there was actually shelter in place. You don't leave your home unless you go grocery store, etc. We had that, but there wasn't really a strict, you know, police enforcement, if you will. There right. wasn't really a police presence that said like, Hey, don't go to the park or, right. Hey, uh, you can only go to the grocery store once a day, or you can only go yeah. out to work out once a day. So yeah. again, like, like I alluded to earlier, I had the opportunity, like I, I live right in a park, so right. I can go outside. I can take calls outside that kind of thing. So for me, right. lockdown was was interesting in other ways, but it wasn't necessarily any different than me working at home
1: right. normally, right? So basically, what you're saying is Amsterdam was kind of in between Sweden and America.
0: Um, Some,
1: something like that. At, and on paper, they yeah and like in the UK, they tried to get it like Sweden, but they were like, no you guys are screwed
0: yeah so the uk was interesting right because like i have really good friends in london i'm working on a couple projects there Mm -hmm. and um they were much more strict than here in terms of how they did their lockdown eventually right Uh, i think at first they intended to do something a little bit lighter but they eventually lagged into something much more strict yeah so i mean for me the lockdown what's been fascinating about it is so Prior to this lockdown, which I mm-hmm. have not left Amsterdam since January, it's now end of June. Same. Right? Yeah, same. And, or actually early February. Um, prior to this lockdown, I had not spent more than three to four weeks in Amsterdam at any given time. And now I'm sitting on almost five months. It's been very fascinating because at first, you know, the girl and I haven't spent this much time together. And yeah. ever, like just in the same spot. And so there was that adjustment period. Let's all be honest here, right? There's an adjustment yeah. period. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, by the yeah. Way. yeah. And then it became like re-falling in love with this city that I moved to because there are certain things that I was like, oh yeah, I am in this really cool city. Right. I am you know, I do have this fishmonger that I now have a relationship with. I do have this meat person this, and just kind of like refalling in love with the city. And rather than being in a rush to do everything as I have been pretty much since I was 22, mm. taking the time to think, to digest, to learn, and yeah. to really just like enjoy the day, enjoy the process. And if anything, I took this whole pandemic to be like a a very crystal clear message to slow the hell down and that's been a pleasure
1: so what um so i guess what except for that which isn't a, a crazy change what what other what other things did you what other things have you found like different i mean It sounds like you kind of found the beauty in the place you're in, which is a place that a lot of people, probably a lot of the people who are listening to this can kind of resonate with because you have to kind of dig in, you know, you're not a gypsy anymore, you know, (laughs) there's no, there's nowhere to go. So how'd you find that with like, with, I guess, health and because you have told me a lot of interesting things about like grocery stores and mm-hmm. uh, where you are and exercising and which I think in that time you got the carol, right?
0: Yeah, we like, we can chat about that, baby.
1: Yeah, um, I, th- I wish I had that one.
0: Um, dude, you just have to come visit Amsterdam. We'll make it happen. Uh, so... Let's start with the grocery stores because the grocery stores is fascinating. As soon as this thing came out, what went off the shelves right away? Toilet paper and toilet paper Bread. and junk food, right? Yeah. Bread. Yeah. All of this stuff was very, very hard to come by. And it was just funny because you go into the healthier sections, the organic sections, and everything was fully stocked. Yeah. And so for me, it was pretty, it was just like so much easier because there's less distractions in the grocery store. You just walk in and grab your stuff and you leave. Um, the exercise part has been fascinating. So I've been a gym goer basically my entire life since 12, falling in love with weights, that kind of thing. And not having a gym initially was like, wow, you took away my happy place. It's like, it's like, taking a baby stuffed animal or something like that. And you just kind of have like this emotional moment where I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? No Uh, Christmas. Yeah. No Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) You mean I'm not getting Christmas presents? (laughs) 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 And, And you know, there was probably that emotion for a second. And as soon as I had the okay, rational moment, like, Hey, boomer, you should go buy some exercise equipment. What sells out first? Exercise equipment. And so it was okay. funny because I went online and I'm like trying to buy a barbell, and you couldn't buy a barbell, Whoa. which is like, oh crap, what am I going to do now? And so I have the Carol here, um, which for those listening, you know, the Carol is an AI powered resistance bike, which gives you uh, a really good workout in about eight minutes and 40 seconds. And it's two 20 second sprints, uh, which has been a godsend by the way, just like having this thing. And I don't always use it for those two 20 second sprints. Like sometimes I'll just go for like a 40 minute ride uh, doing zone two training, which is something to kind of benefit your mitochondria. But I, I, I still miss the weight. I still miss the art of like picking something up. Yeah. And so uh, I was talking to a buddy in the UK and he'll know when he's listening to this. I was like, I, I don't know what the hell to do. And he just said, look at sandbags. And so well, you know, uh ended up with a <laughs> with my own home gym full of sandbags a Carol. And then eventually <laughs> ended up with some blood flow restriction training device called okay. the Be Strong. Are you familiar with these things? No. What is that? I, t- I told you you need to come visit Amsterdam, but um, oh, yeah.
1: so Don't blood flow. the third time. You'll find me just on the other I, side. I know, <laughs> it's just like clicking my heels together on like I'm freaking Dorothy, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like
1: <laughs> third not time. in Kansas anymore. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: so blood flow restriction training is I, I I'm having uh, Jim on the show. Later this week. And so he'll give you all the science and everything uh, behind it a couple episodes after we release this one. But essentially what it is, is you do actually restrict blood flow around your bicep and shoulder and then on your legs. And you perform very, very lightweight exercises with high reps. And the idea is to induce a growth hormone response, which is, uh, it's a very, very high growth hormone response. It's something that's been used for a long time in the bodybuilding world. But what I like about it, similar to the Carol, uh, is for people, I mean, most of the people listening to this have some sort of time constraint in your life. You know, Roy, mm-hmm. you're producing music, you're producing podcasts. Like you don't have hours and hours a day to right. uh, hit the gym. Like some of these guys out there, yeah. right? Uh, we need to get you a good workout in 20 to 40 minutes. And mm-hmm. so blood flow restriction training, I find it fascinating because in 20 to 40 minutes, actually, no, screw that it's less than 20 minutes. It, I can get a complete body workout, be sweating. So it's not like this is a sweat-free workout, but mm-hmm. I can be sweating. And I noticed that since I've gotten the device, that like I'm putting on muscle pretty rapidly, and I'm mm. already, you know, fairly well built in the muscle department. Mm. So it's just, it's. I love the thing. Um, so the Be Strong is the one that I use. The I mean, there's Katsu. There's a whole bunch of others, but uh, essentially. I love it. And it's become, as my life has become more and more time constrained myself, I look at devices like the Carol, like the Be Strong. And some of the stuff I'm doing with sandbags is sort of these very, very short workouts, which can be very, very powerful if spread throughout the day.
1: So is Be Strong a device or is it like, does it guide you? It's
0: a device. And so they okay. they come with all of these videos and essentially I could show it to you. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, you wrap it around the area behind your or between your deltoid and your bicep, okay. And you pump it up with air, and so that creates this compression on your your arm, which effectively acts as blood flow restriction. Yeah. And then you go through; they say three to five. I think it's three sets of thirty reps mm-hmm. of five different exercises, yeah. and Like it's incredible how light of a weight you can use and still get a very, very effective workout.
1: That's wild. It sounds like you can do it everywhere as well. I'm
0: going to the U S knock on wood. I'm going to attempt to fly to the U S in a couple of weeks. And (laughs) this is the only thing that I'm packing with me in terms of exercise equipment. So
1: you are flying. Are you, you're flying to LA where are you flying? Are you going home first? So uh, home is Amsterdam these days, but,
0: uh, um, my parents live in Asheville, right? And so I'm going to go see them and I'm going to go spend some time, uh, with one of these projects I'm working on, uh, with the guys, uh, uh from Transcriptions in Washington, DC. So it's going to be yeah. a, a little bit of a fun get together after all of this crazy stuff and just have some fun.
1: Which you which you do believe in because your tongue is blue right now. It to is to those who aren't to those who aren't listening uh, to those who are not just listening to this and are uh, complaining about boomers' uh, headphone <laughs> quality. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my job. There, no, um, that's that's the video one. Um, that's the video one. But uh, yeah, so you you have been ramping it up with transcriptions, right, and really narrowing down to what you want to work on I guess um no hate yeah. to the other projects but no right.
0: l- let's talk about that because you yeah. and I again we talk often and so there's been times over the past six months um, that uh, you know I was the guy last year uh, who did the, presentations on the external brain concept and how you can really push the bounds of what is possible using different productivity strategies. Mm -hmm. I took my own strategies quite literally and found out where those breaking points were uh, to the point where at the beginning of this year, I had close to... And I do have a few people to thank for helping me with this, but I had close to 21 different live projects. And these are... Mm -hmm you know, in multiple startups, um, helping them either launch products or, uh, you know, get to the next level or just, you know, do different things. And, you know, 21 Projects is a lot for any person, especially when some of these are as time demanding as they were. And so uh, a few people, one of which is Greg McEwen, who wrote the book Essentialism, Help me boil those projects down into what was quote-unquote essential for me mm-hmm. um of which you know transcriptions and a couple of others have become kind of the the asset if we if you will the things that i'm truly right. truly passionate about and am just like thrilled to be involved in right and now it's down to four Right, and yeah. so and four and one of them is this podcast that you and I work together on. Yeah. So it's been, that's been a hell of a journey in itself, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's been crazy, and we, and we've just hit like what what was it top ninety in the U.S. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, and we think. Oh, sorry, we think it's we know that uh, according to Chartable we were eighty three in the Careers podcast uh, one Jeez. week, which is is pretty awesome right on apple podcast which is in, in the u.s
1: yeah largest podcast is, market in the world right right which is just growing so i don't know like that's if that's not a good indicator then what is you know like, i yeah. mean like that there's uh we've talked about it i think and we've riffed about it and like the the i guess i don't like i don't like sounding all woo in that because um, I don't think that's what we that's what we're going for, but you know when we're when we're trying to when we're trying to juggle between like a thousand things, then the essential doesn't come out as well as when we actually narrow down. Yeah, and and yeah, it feels like you definitely you've definitely had um, you've made a huge progress with yourself as well. So I wanna I wanna actually get back to lockdown and ask okay. how, how has it um, impacted your daily routine? Yep. And, um, and I know you've had a lot of, you know, also in the, in the past podcasts, we've taught, you've talked a lot about um kind of ego um, yeah. and ego depletion and what you do for that. So I think that's a good place to kind of um hone in on that and kind of uh sharpen that point for those who haven't really um haven't had the the chance of uh hearing about your uh, about your kind of um I guess I don't know the, what you've done around it, you know, because yeah. you've done a hell of a process. Again, like me and Boomer know now for a year and Boomer is not the same person I knew a year ago. Like, <laughs> it's not it is not the same person. So I'd be happy to kind of hear about your process and how COVID ha- helped to kind of facilitate that.
0: Yeah. Um, let, let's. uh if you don't mind, I'm going to cherry pick the routine one first and then bring me back to ego here in a second, because yeah. the ego thing is uh, is very important, but it's going to take a little bit longer to explain. Right. I'm sure so, it ties
1: somehow to your daily routine, though. Oh,
0: It does. Very so, much so. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about morning and evening routines and just in general, in principle, why I like routines. And I think COVID, if anything, has proven to people the necessary... Uh, or the need for routines. So set the scene. Most people go to an office uh, nine to five or nine to six or whatever it is. And then they come home on the weekends, they do whatever it is they do. And then they go back to the office. They probably have some sort of social jet lag and uh, suffer from what is the case of the Mondays. Now we all get told that we have to work from home and all of a sudden nobody's worked from home before. And holy shit, we have all this freedom. We can watch Netflix all day long. Right. Mm. But watching Netflix all day long quickly becomes uh, a vortex. You get sucked into it. You get sucked in from one show to the next show, to the next show, to the next show. And trust me, like I've been there. Um, And so you need to set some parameters for yourself in order to get things done, but um, in order to potentially either develop a skill, do some work if you're actually working, or to um, just for the betterment of oneself. And routines can serve as those... Uh, that way of structuring your day. And so for me, the importance of routines really, really came out during this COVID process. And Mm -hmm. I'm a person whose day can be pretty fluid at times, but uh, the routines really set you up for the win. They put me at my highest energy level uh, at the beginning of the day. And then they bring me down to the point where I get better sleep at the end of the day, which is especially this time of year when we're just past summer solstice, this is actually a time of year that's most difficult for me to sleep, and so those routines really help. And you asked a question about how those have changed, and so mm. uh, I'm up really early. Part of that is because some, you know, the project that I mentioned earlier, uh, the team, most of it is in California, but um, I'm up between four thirty and five every day, and you know that initial get out of bed routine really sets me up for the win because there is a danger there that you get sucked into whatever it is. And all of a sudden half of your day is gone and you're like, dear God, you know, I might as well throw the rest of the day over. And So for me, uh, that routine looked a lot like the, there's two essential things that I do in the morning, uh, which is, uh, write down three things that I'm grateful for is the first thing that I do when I get out of bed. The second is meditation. Um, mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with your second question around ego and mm-hmm. just making sure that that's in check, but also being present. Mm-hmm. So meditation has been extremely helpful. And then because I have a curiosity that uh, waking thr- up,
1: right. You're using, Oh yeah. Up. Lo- yeah that's yeah. a good point.
0: Um, so that's I good. use waking up from Sam Harris. Um, yeah. it's more neuroscience heavy. It's more yeah. theory, etc. Uh, right. So if that doesn't grab you initially, uh, there are plenty of others out there. You know, he's temperature- really good.
1: He's really good. I, I, I used it, uh, after you recommended, um, after you commended it a while ago and then I started using it and he also has like beautiful interviews over there so yeah. I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, he's got some great interviews. I mean, one that if you're really wanting to go deep on this, The Headless Way is probably one of my uh, favorite things that I revisit from time to time. Um but you know, from there I usually go into uh there's an app called Blinkist, which is a sec effectually effectively um book you remember you remember Cliff Notes in school? Too. Maybe you're too young for this, right? Uh, so Cliff Notes in school are, are Spark Notes, right? Uh, this is a great way that if you were reading a book for English class, and I remember doing this with like Lord of the Flies, for instance, okay. which since then I've reread it. If you're reading a book for English class and you didn't have any time, which I was into way too many sports, you go and get yeah. these Spark Notes, right? And these Spark Notes would take a 300-page book and condense it down into like five pages. So Blinkist is essentially Spark Notes for the adult. And so you can take business books and get them read to you in the morning, or you can read Mm -hmm. them yourself in like 20 minutes, Um, which for business books, that's a great thing because most business books can be condensed to 20 pages. So I I use Blinkist. And then from there, right now, I'm actually working out first thing in the morning, uh, but then I'm about my day. Like I want to get at it as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, I occasionally throw a walk in in the morning, go out and enjoy the park that I live by. But that's, that's essential. Um, In the evening, I do define a cutoff time. And so for me, knowing when I'm going to stop working, or I have to tell myself to stop working because I absolutely love what I do. And so defining my cutoff time is something that I actually do at the beginning of my day. But once I cut off, you know, unlike a lot of people out there, I will throw something on Netflix cuz it helps me just kind of wind down. Um, I'll do some breathing exercises, I'll have my blue light blockers on and then blue
1: light wa- blockers while watching Tiger King. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Meditating into it. Yeah, meditating into Tiger King with uh, with a
0: mullet, uh, with like a great mullet wig. So it's, um, yeah, exactly right. Like,
1: Damn, King. Carol Baskin. I'm sorry. To, that's it. That's it. We're out of there. We're uh, out of
0: that. That's a great way to take away six hours of your life that you'll never get back. Um, wow. But it's, Been there, done that. But yeah, look, you get sucked into that, right? But it right. is, like, Tiger King is a perfectly Example of something that, you know, mindless that you can put on in the background and just kind of let Whoa. yourself unwind. Um Woo. I can't believe that guy, by the way. Wow. It's just like, holy shit uh everything about it uh wow lost my train of thought
1: it's worse than aliens watching that thing it's it's worse it's actually like worse than watching aliens i understand these people less than aliens but yeah i understand
0: those people less than like cat videos right and so like cat cat videos to me are just sort
1: of like oh my god but. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we were talking about well, <laughs> routines. Wait, cut off hours. So when when do you usually cut off? Like, what what's? what's I like your to be done.
0: Kind of- I like to be done around eight, and so yeah, you know, if I'm up at this time of year, four thirty five during winter, probably close to six thirty. I still like to be done around eight because that'll give me some time to unwind before going to bed. Uh, Lately, I've been trying to make that earlier because I am starting earlier, but uh, the idea, the principle behind this is to give myself at least an hour or two before I go to bed in order to just sort of uh, declog my mind. I guess if you're using computer analogy, defrag myself and uh, just really unwind. And so one of the last things that I do before I go to bed and I do read before I go to bed is this process and and, and there's probably a cool marketing term for this like unfucking your brain or something Mm. but like just writing everything that's in your journal and actually our mutual friend David Nurse does this too. Um, Writing anything in your head into like a paper journal just so you don't Mm. get the blue light and just make sure you get everything out. And once you do that, you'd be shocked at like things like waking up in the middle of the night with entrepreneur's insomnia and, you know, not being able to get back to sleep. That stuff starts to go away
1: because you wrote it down, you trust it and it'll be there when you wake up. Right. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, um, having sticky notes or whatever, you know, to remind you, um, just like, um, the dude from GTD. What's his name? I forgot. Oh, David. Yeah. Yeah. David as well. So he, he said he, uh, he was the first person to kind of coin that term in my brain of just like spitting everything on, like onto something. Like you're thinking about something, even if it's in the middle of something, it means that it'll bother you in, in somewhere, somewhere else in your day. So just put it on a piece of paper and continue with your day. Yeah, um, which I find is a fascinating thing um, in general. But yeah, I think like putting your thoughts on paper, and the mm-hmm. end of the day is is a really powerful thing. Because also, if you've had a really shitty day, a really bad day, um, and you are just using this time to kind of reflect, and then you're like, oh, but I did do this, but I did uh, um, actually work out really well today or or you didn't work out today, but I did read a lot and I did internalize a lot about finances or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something to kind of cling on to, which you might have not thought of as you were running through your day, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up a good point. So you close out that journaling process
0: by you know, writing down three things that were actually good about your day. So even if you had the shittiest day ever, right? Right. Like, you know, stock market goes down. I mean, there are days where like stock market oh. was going down 5%, 10%, right? Ooh. And so you volatility, all of this stuff, and just write down three things that were good about your day. And there are three things for everyone, right? You woke up, you started breathing. You had a cup of coffee today. Like there are three things. And so write those down and that'll help give you a
1: more positive perspective going into sleep. Right. And also, yeah, like it it also strengthens, you know, you you strengthen what, what is good. And then you get, you kind of give it legitimate power. And um, that, in my opinion, that kind of, uh, um, that really sets the tone, yeah. For your thinking, it's like a long term thing. If you Absolutely. you learn to kind of wire your brain to go, oh yeah, but I did this, so I'm I'm actually it was it was actually a good day. Let's let yeah. go.
0: And, and gratitude, it sounds so simple. There's a decent amount of science that goes behind this. And I think there's a good website by the university of California, Berkeley about this. Mm. This was something that I found even when I was back, like this was five, six years ago that I discovered this and I discovered it through God knows what podcast. Um, and it just, at that time it was quick in terms of how quick it could frame your mind and help you recognize like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't blow up at that person. Maybe I shouldn't Mm. react this way, maybe I, there's an alternative here. Maybe there's a
1: reframe and that pretty powerful. I remember, um, the time when I just got into working with you and it was kind of, it felt like you were going through this insane transformation, um, that actually you recommended a book called, um, Extreme Ownership by Jacko Willink. Yeah, and it felt like you were really going by that thing of just like leadership and um, a lot of a lot of just thoughts that are very, I guess, not rational, but very realistic. You're kind of you you were kind of very neutral about uh, certain things that people would get emotional about, or Mm -hmm. you would get emotional about. Like that's how it felt to me. You know, you you might have. And that brings me to the next question. How, how has, uh, COVID like, would you, did you reflect on boomer tw- like 23 year old boomer or like, let's say 27 year old boomer who just, uh, uh, started, uh, working at finance? Was it 27? Something like that. Yeah. Um, um did you, did, so would you, would you believe, uh, uh, would 27 year old boomer believe that you would become what you are right now? Uh, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> um, that's
0: uh, <laughs> that's interesting, right? So just to paint the scene, and we can probably take twenty five through twenty eight, really. Yeah. Um, and I left finance at thirty, yeah. But twenty five to twenty seven, any time that period there, in, I was very much in the thrills of myself and my career and advancing with uh, the idea of, you know, trying to be the best finance person out there, the best investment banker there is, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, which is very much an egocentric point of view of the world. Um, I really cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was constantly watching my back and assuming that everybody was out there to get me. And so you can imagine that it's like walking around and looking for a landmine all day long. Yeah. And that can cause a certain perception of the world that is not necessarily positive. Right. Um, I know there's other ways to do this. I've seen other people do it well, but I was not in that position at that time. Mm -hmm. And so you asked a question about reflection in kind of lockdown. And there has been reflection, not with like an emotional, I shouldn't have done that. It was more like, wow. This is how far I've come in terms of recognizing that at that time, there were little things that would agitate me. Uh, there would be an error in a pitch book, for instance, or mm. just you know a flight would get delayed. Things that were mm. completely out of my control or mm. the person that I was talking to out of their control, mm. uh, but I didn't recognize it at the time. and Now it's just sort of, okay, there are things within my locus of control, and that's really just how I react to something. Yeah. Um, what is it? Viktor Frankl, right? Uh, man search for meaning. You could. the only thing you can control is that gap and that gap is how you react to something. Right. And so that's really changed quite a lot. And, you know, if you're asking what the reflections have been like in terms of 27 or 28 year old boomer now, like yeah. night and day difference.
1: Right. What's the, what, what's, what, what would you wake up like, um, in, at, at, 27
0: partially hung over <laughs> you know yeah. I uh, at that time
1: you know I think that's also important to acknowledge, to acknowledge man because we do go you know Joe Rogan didn't become Joe Rogan in a day you know it's you have to go through your your fair uh, um amount of a journey you know of like learning experiences and you've yeah. gone through a hell of an experience that i i I bet a lot of money that a lot of people don't know the like the whole story they me too, you know so. yeah,
0: so we can dive into some of it, and let's see how much of the kimono I open today, yeah. but um you know there was you know twenty seven year old boomer in terms of like waking up and everything it was just. So three to four nights a week, I was involved in client entertainment. And for me, sometimes entertainment required a couple of alcoholic beverages just to loosen up, right? And mm-hmm. those would go into late nights. At this time, I was averaging four to six hours a night in terms of sleep. Uh, and six was a very, very good night for me. Yeah. I would rarely spend a night in the same hotel room. In the sense that over the course of a week until I was about 28, I really didn't care what bed I slept in. Um, you know, I would just constantly be on the road trying to get yeah. more and more finance deals. And yeah. so, you know, that amount of changing, especially changing time zones has its an effect on the body. And so for me, I look at it and say like, how the hell do I even perform at that time? And so in some ways I look back and I'm like, wow, you are capable of a lot. Um, mm. You know, in terms at the of, time, you mean? Yeah, you know, just looking looking yeah. back on it now, I'm like, yeah. you're capable of a lot. But imagine if you knew what you know now back then, and just right. Sort That's of, what I wanted to yeah. ask. Yeah, and it's just like if you knew that, and just knew like what the power was of sleep, for instance, and knowing that if I pull an all nighter, it's the equivalent of going to the bar, essentially, in terms of my cognitive function, and. Just knowing all of that information, if I were to apply it, like how much more effective would I be as that professional in that situation? How much more would I be able to focus? How much more would I be able to deliver for my clients? How much more resilience would I have? And how much more would I be able to just negate all of that external validation bullshit that I needed right. and move on
1: with my life and just perform right. at my absolute best? Yeah. That's wild. It's also... um it kind of takes me to, to like doing more and less time, you know, the, like the, the whole Tim Ferris kind of uh, mm-hmm. way of outlook and looking at, at things. And actually, like, it's actually true. And, and from my experience as well, it's just like, you know, when you have, when you have good sleep, then you are going to be sometimes twice as productive. So these uh, um, 10 hours that you've just uh, spent on working could have been done at five hours Yeah, if you only took that time to to unwind and to do what you're doing right now.
0: Yeah. And just to layer in something from Greg McEwen, right? And even taking sort of two of those five hours and thinking about how you're going to do it and is mm-hmm. this necessary can really cut that work from 10 where it was when you're sleep deprived down to Two, three, or maybe even throw it out the door completely. Is because, this necessary? It's yeah, a is it question. completely necessary? And that's a great question for anybody to ask, right? Like, um, I mean, in terms of uh, efficiency, you know, adding this layer of optimizing your health onto your life or at least my life, let's put it that Mm -hmm. way. Um, I don't want to be a preacher to anybody, but like adding this layer of health optimization onto my life has made me a much more effective individual. And I think effectiveness is what everybody
1: is actually after. Yeah. I I don't think you're a preacher as you, uh, like you're more of a guinea pig, I guess. Oh, Guinea, yeah, hundred uh, percent,
0: man. I like, say, I,
1: uh, I get into some crazy shit when it comes to guinea pig, which yeah. which leads me to the uh, next question: veganism and boom. Oh man, what? I, what? Yeah,
0: I was talking. I was exchanging messages with you, and I haven't talked about this before, but uh, we watched this movie Game Changers, which is an extremely biased movie. That is, it's documented really well, and I can understand why it got the reaction from people that it did, but it's extremely biased, and there's a lot of uh, stuff in there that needs some good biochemistry uh, to to validate. Right now, based on watching that, I went through a little bit of a challenge of if I was going to do a vegan diet. Mm -hmm. How would I do it and how would I do it right? Mm. And the plan was, was to go four weeks. And I looked at a vegan diet and said, what is a vegan diet really missing when it comes to a high performer's life? And I was going to show people how to do it and supplement with it. And so let's let's take a vegan diet and say like, hey, what are the things that are typically missing from a vegan diet? Uh, B vitamins for one. So I had a nutritional supplement for that. The right form of vitamin A. So vitamin A for a lot of people gets processed in the body from beta carotene into uh, retinol, re- retinoic acid. And... I'm genetically inefficient at that process. So you actually need it from a meat source. And so mm. vegetable form is beta carotene. Meat source is actually the act of forming your body. Um, and so rather than... Course, going for the meat source, now that I was doing this vegan diet, I had to have the right form of vitamin A in terms of a supplement. And then it became an issue of getting protein. And, you know, we just talked about uh, athletics and movement and all that stuff. And yeah. so that was a chore as well. So making sure yeah. I was getting all of my right amino acids and making sure I was getting the ample amounts of protein. And there's just layer upon layer of things that you need to do in order to thrive under a vegan diet. And initially when I went into it, I went just sort of no structure to it and Mm -hmm. said, I'm just going to be vegan. I'll do my time-restricted feeding. So I'll eat three times a day with some fasting. Mm -hmm. But I ended up with a relatively high carbohydrate diet and I don't do well with high carbohydrates. So after a week, I switched to uh, Will Cole, who's been on the show a couple of times, calls it ketotarian. And
1: what's high carb for you, by the way?
0: Oh. High carb for me is like greater than thirty percent of my diet coming from carbs. Uh, okay, typically, I'm very yeah. low in, in the yeah. sense that I, I would say on an average day I'm probably twenty percent or less carbs. Right now, a lot less than that. Yeah, but um will call will call ketotarian switched to it and then so the first week i put on some weight like put on weight really quickly and i said no way in 4 weeks i don't want to be a blimp and so i switched over to this ketotarian diet allowed my weight to stabilize but i still was missing something and i just didn't feel there in terms
1: of energy so after a couple of weeks ketotarian just, is just like to to give the 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 perspective, yeah, yeah, sure.
0: So um ketogenic diets typically come at 65% fat or higher. And so uh in reduced amount of carbohydrates. So for a lot of people, that's 50 grams of carbs or less.
1: Okay.
0: And um uh, for a ketotarian, that means a high fat diet looks, for me, it looked a lot like high monounsaturated fat diet. So olive oil, olives, avocados, macadamia nuts, these kind of things. Mm. And I still just, I, I didn't feel it. And after a couple of weeks, I just said, life's too short. I'm going to kill this. Um, and so veganism didn't work for me. I got to mm. say, you know, I don't judge people that say they're vegan. I don't judge people mm-hmm. that say they're carnivore. I look at them and ask, you know, are you covering all your bases here? And mm-hmm. how do you know you're covering all your bases? And if you're doing the work, you're analyzing your biochemistry and you're supplementing as needed, go for it. But mm-hmm. a lot of these nutrition plans leave some bases uncovered, and you just need to make sure that you're you're watching your blind spots.
1: Right. It's never one. It's never a one fits all thing. It's never nah. one fits all the situation with uh, biohacking, which is something like that I've taken. I, I can't say that I'm the healthiest uh, person on earth, but I feel like um, from the podcast, what I've kind of picked up was like there is n- not in any s- near future. There has not been something that that is just like. Oh, it fits everyone. There will always be something that, that fits you and doesn't me and doesn't fit me and the opposite, you know? So that's, that's something to always, that's why it's not, you're not giving medical advice. You're just like, I tried this, this is what happened. Um, Yeah you can try this and see what happens to you. But yeah, it's just, I'm
0: not, I'm not bashing vegans, right? Like I'm not going to go out there and say hashtag vegan cat or whatever, (laughs) whatever it is that like Joe Rogan does on occasion, right? Like, go ahead. If you want to be vegan, that's fine. I understand the sustainability, uh, concern, albeit I would like them to explain it to me, uh, a little bit better, but just know your blind spots.
1: Yeah, if if there's anyone listening who's kind of uh, who's a, a vegan and is doing it very successfully, we'd love to kind of hear from you. And if you got some new hacks for us, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe I'll go round two, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. try it again with a little bit yeah. more, little bit. So more yeah, um, let us know if you're out there. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, best books. Oh, we've so, talked about a few.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give you a shout out here because. We were earlier on when I was going through the, I'm going to do everything in this world and I'm going to have no time for myself. Um, And this was earlier this year, before I talked to Greg McEwen, before I talked to those two ladies that I mentioned at beginning of COVID, I think. Yeah. You mentioned this book, It Takes What It Takes. And I actually met Trevor um, in October last year at Summit in Los Angeles. Trevor Moad. Yeah. Trevor Moad. And Trevor is a performance coach to people like uh, Russell Westbrook and like a couple of others. Um, Yeah. Russell um, Westbrook? No, Russell Westbrook. Freddie Adu and a lot of people. And just like... Think of the best athletes out there, University of Georgia, Alabama, Rick Saban, those guys, yeah. Nick Saban, not Rick Saban,
1: uh, Roll Tide. We're people. not a fucking sports uh, <laughs> yeah, podcast you know, anyway. I, I mean, I, I am a sports <laughs> fan,
0: but like Nick Saban. Don't give us yeah.
1: hate mail for that. Anyway. Yeah, my yeah. family
0: will. Uh, it's <laughs> SEC, right? So, uh, So he's the performance coach for a lot of these guys, and he has this concept of neutral thinking, which you very much introduced me to. And I got to say that book was, first off, it's entertaining, uh, which an entertaining and educational book is hard to write, but this guy has decades of experience with some of the top athletes in the world. It has some fantastic stories, Mm -hmm. but um, I've enjoyed that book quite a bit.
1: Crazy story and upbringing as well. Yeah. Like this dude, this dude, his dad was a performance coach as well. So you can say like he got it from birth or whatever. And he, which he did, yeah. but it's, it's kind of the way he passed it. He chose to pass it on. In my opinion was, is huge. And everyone who wants to kind of step up their game and kind of uh, realize, because what you were going through was just like, it seemed to me like, because I knew you were cognizant. I know, I knew you were very mindful about your about whatever you're doing and you're very you're you're not quick to act on things you're you're very reflective as well Mm -hmm. so from my standpoint it was just like he's a a, um because again i I think i told you about it there. like about the leadership Mm -hmm. uh the leadership approaches there there are a few types of leaders the ones who don't listen to to whatever uh they're they they're capable but they're they don't listen consciously capable that was it anyway but there there are four types of leaderships and i i recognized that you were kind of uh, you know you were open-minded enough to to kind of read into that and see oh where am i at so that's where i was i was going for in that and it also gave me a lot of, uh, reflection too. So I recommend that book highly yeah. to anyone who, I mean, on top of that,
0: I would look at, um, just, I'll, I'll tell you a broad theme of stuff I've been reading, but also tiny habits, which is a book that Ooh. came up to me twice. Once was right before I went on and did a Ted talk and at the end of February, which we'll link to in the show notes, but like, uh, Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg is fantastic in terms of habit building and habit deconstruction book. I don't love The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a good book for explaining the theory behind it. But if you want really tangible ways to build habits, BJ Fogg does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And then essentialism, of course, is the only real personal development book that I can remember off the top of my head that I reread and remind mm-hmm. myself of. So I wow. think that says a lot about what Greg McKeown's done there. Um, and then broadly speaking, most of my readings has been in the spiritual and consciousness realm, which that may sound a little interesting, but I'm what I'm looking for there are the books that have withstood the test of time. Yeah. And what are the learnings that I can get from that? And that could right. be philo- philosophical. So, like, you know, Nietzsche, or mm-hmm. that could be spiritual going back to you know, some of the things that you see in Buddhism. So it's mm. um,
1: that's been a fascinating exploration as well. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius also. Um, oh, I've
0: got meditation sitting right next to that right, big right, green right. bulb back
1: there. I know. Why didn't you say that, man?
0: <laughs> cuz i haven't read it since time. lockdown i read that a while
1: ago <laughs> oh damn sorry
0: no no no, no. scrap yeah, that should, no 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 you got to i mean if you,
1: like it's a great book Do to pick up them? almost every single day uh, right 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 also yeah. have you uh read atomic habits by james clear yeah i love james's work
0: is great uh, yeah. and similar to BJ's in terms of where I would rank it in terms of, um, if you're going to look at deconstructing habits and behavior change, which let's face it, all of these really sexy things that people talk about and do all boils down to is, are you going to be able to do it or not? And on a consistent basis and on a consistent basis, because you know what, Roy, like I could hijack your entire world, your entire health world and say, do all of this. And it could end up being a 15 page document. But if you don't know how to break it down into your everyday life, you're probably going to throw the 15 page document out. And so these two books And I would love to hear from anybody that has better ones, but like those two books are
1: fantastic. Which ones? Uh, Atomic Habits and then Tiny Habits. Oh, you've, you've read it. That's dope. And to those of you who haven't read it, I recommend you go on and listen to, if you're using the, the app, the Waking Waking Up up app. Yeah. He did the interview. Yeah. Yeah, he has a very beautiful interview there. And all is like, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna talk trash, but his interviews sound relatively alike. So when you listen to one of his interviews, um, it gives you a lot of the concepts in the book. And also, yeah, it gives you the option of just like picking it up. So um, if we're talking about picking up, um, I wanna talk about your bag. Okay, so what you what you take with you everywhere?
0: Yeah, so the the story here is I I have a bag. I have a bag. (laughs) That's a great way to start this story. Um, So everybody has a everybody boomer
1: has a bag. I have a bag. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, This is this is the start of a great TED talk. Um, So I I carry a a Goruck bag with me everywhere, and it's the GR one. And this thing, like I'll wake up in the morning and actually go for rucks sometimes, but mostly just carry it around and carry all my work stuff with me. So mm-hmm. what's in the actual bag itself is um, I do have my Garmin Phoenix 5, which I actually bought right before the Phoenix 6 came out, which is stupid of me, but uh, bought the Garmin Phoenix 5 uh, wearable technology just because it helps me track my steps. And the reason why I bring that up is because steps in times of lockdown and tracking that is very, very important just to make sure you're getting adequate amounts of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have the Be Strong device in there. And so when I want to go for a walk and perhaps get a workout in the park Usually, mainly body weight. I'll bring the B Strong device with me. Uh, I have both my Microsoft Surface and my Apple laptop in there, and the reason for that is because I write and do any sort of financial modeling with the Microsoft Surface, and I'll do everything else with the Apple Book uh, notebook. And the reason. For that, from a productivity perspective, is it kind of sets your mindset. Like once I open the surface, I know I'm either writing or I'm doing a financial model of some sort. I'm not doing, I'm not putzing around on Facebook or something like that. I'm not doing the Instagram thing. And so I'll have both of those. Um, Let's see, what else do I have in that bag? It's sitting right here. I'll have a book or two, usually. Um, Plus what I think has become Something that I recommend people doing this, but something that I heard that one of the Uber founders, not Travis, maybe Travis, I don't know, or the other guy, um, they were carrying around a notebook with them and they were just carried around all the time maybe it was Airbnb yeah. don't remember exactly who but i had i have a moleskin that i care with me carry with me everywhere and i just take notes i'm a compulsive yeah. note taker yeah. and so going along the lines of what we said earlier about writing down everything before bed i just write down ideas as they come and as yeah. a result you know we get books and books of ideas here and it's a fantastic way to take notes make sure you don't forget things but also you know just to have a little fun along the way and kind of be able to jot down ideas as they come up.
1: Right. Hope it's not Uber founder, or Uber founder, Uber's losing.
0: Uh, I don't know about that, man. Like I, he created something from nothing. And so Travis no, no, deserves, a, Travis deserves a lot of credit on that one. Right. Um, right, right, right. Maybe it was Brian right. and,
1: Can't remember. And also, also like people are uh, imitating that via uh, imitating that model all over the world. So yeah. it did have its impact for sure.
0: Absolutely. And then in terms of headphones, I've got two. Um, I got the new Neuroloop phones, which are the ones that adapt to your ear in terms of sound quality. Uh, They're they're a wireless headphones. I don't recommend them for everybody because wireless, Bluetooth, EMF, all that stuff, but they're fun because the music sounds different. So you put it in your ear and then the computer program basically runs and determines your optimal sound, which is wild, right? Hey, how do you not know about this, man? I got to send you a pair of these. Like, these are of fantastic. Course
1: I, of course I know. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. It's, it's my job, man. No, of no. It's, no, I'm joking. It's not.
0: Am I fired? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, like, I have these Defender Shield headphones, which are fantastic,
1: safe, and make sure that my brain doesn't get fried, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I feel like when I walk with my AirPods, um, I I feel like my brain is getting burnt by something.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, your weather's a lot warmer than mine. Maybe you're just getting
1: tan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. True. True, 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 true. Well, we've jammed through a lot, man we and did we, we did we're
0: coming up on an hour anyway but this is uh the first of the the jam sessions the so, jam sessions and so roy thank you for playing
1: this has been fun uh, um yeah thank you for bringing me on and um so i want to give you a shout out here because people
0: should check out your music and so how do
1: we find you on spotify just uh go ahead and type my name. It's Roy Matz. Uh if you like hip hop, jazz, and anything like that, uh, I do it all. I actually um did the music for boomers uh intro. And yeah. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I've I am I'm, I'm very inspired lately to to work I have a lot of projects that are in the making right now. So yeah, dropping music weekly monthly, more like monthly, but, um, dropping consistently. Good. And, so yeah.
0: we'll find, we're going to link to you in the show notes, but, um, Spotify is where you find Roy and yeah. occasionally on my Instagram stories. Cause I share that shit a lot, but um, oh, yeah. Roy, thank you for everything that you do. And just one favor to ask for everybody listening to this right now. Um, I'm trying to collect data on what you guys want to hear more of and how you want it delivered. So podcast is great. And I enjoy doing this, having these kind of conversations. One-to-one is just fantastic. Or sometimes two-to-one. We did that this past six months, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear more from people. What do you like to hear? What do you not like to hear? And so if you can head to com slash survey... S-U-R-V-E-Y, and just fill that thing out. It'll give me a lot of ammo to provide you guys uh, what you want to hear, but also get the right experts on the show to just uh, kick ass and continue enjoying what Roy and I get the pleasure of doing.
1: Yeah, guys, uh, I encourage you to, to go on to Boomer and bomb him with your questions because he loves uh, answering them. And for real, for real, we are building up. And as we build up, we want, you know, we want to hear what you guys want and what you like that's happening and what, you know, what can we do more of and less of. So that would be beautiful to hear from you guys. Amazing. All right. Let's sign off, Roy. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Bye-bye.